0: Hey guys, welcome to Bagna Podcast, episode number 383.
1: I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul.
0: And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The
2: first being The Week in Geek, where we go over to the news garden and pick out the best news
1: of the week. And then we do the list, which are the books that we're looking forward to coming out November 28th, 2018.
0: Now we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we are jumping into the seventh part of the Great Marvel Movie Retrospective, with the beginning of actually uh, Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man 3. We always fun to take a look back at these.
2: Yes, I, sh- I should look up some information about Iron Man 3. All I know is it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It's because
1: it's written written, directed by Shane Black.
0: Who's and he there? always has Christmas stuff.
2: And originally we were going to drink Christmas beers, except I threw a curveball.
0: Oh, that would have worked. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I mean, we still have other stuff to drink.
2: Yeah, luckily we, uh, I had some beer from, uh, I, I have a beer from a who's, you know, one of these breweries everybody kind of loses their mind about. And, uh, I'm kind of wondering why, because it's an okay pale ale. Uh, this is a pale ale. I think it's just a pale uh, yep. No, it's an IPA. And this is called, uh, Heller 2 Galactica? Heller Tau Galactica? I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, That's why I typed it to Chris instead of, you know, for the show notes. So look at the show notes to see what the heck I'm saying. Uh, and this is just a standard 6% uh, Indian pale ale with, uh, Oh, it's brewed with Heller Heller to Blanc and Galaxy Hops. So I like the Galaxy Hops, but I don't get the other one.
1: The other one's one we've had a lot of times in other half beers. Hmm. They're IPAs They use a lot of that.
2: It's okay. It's not it's not a super juice bomb. It's just uh you know, a nice easy drinking. I've been uh, drinking it since six you know, for about fifteen minutes now. Um uh, so I haven't guzzled it down, but there's nothing that's making me wanna like really take my time with it and like really savor all the flavors and I don't feel like I'm getting
1: punched in the mouth with anything. So,
2: you know, it's it's a decent uh IPA.
1: Nice. Chris, what are you drinking?
0: Uh I was I have all the Christmas beers next to me cuz I thought we were going to be drinking those, but luckily I picked up some other stuff today too. And one of them is a limited release from Florida's Funky Buddha Brewery. And this is their French Toast Double Brown. And this is an ale that's uh, brewed with cinnamon, maple syrup, and other natural flavors. And as soon as I poured this into my glass, I equated it to you guys as getting just a plate full of French Toast and sitting down at the table to eat breakfast. It's a real big maple syrup nose. Uh, Even crazier, it tastes like French Toast. I don't know how they were able to liquefy it and make it into a beer, but... It's everything you would love about French toast in a glass. It's, it's bizarre. It's got like some cinnamon on it. It's got some maple. It's like slightly eggy almost. It's it's perfect. I love this beer. Nice. I look forward
1: to I'm trying like it eggy. sometime.
0: It, it's I don't. It's not eggy. Like it's not like
1: egg. But there's like that kind of. Like it gives you that to it. that richness that feel of like yeah. cinnamon toast. I got what you meant. Um, it's,
2: no, no. I was like, ooh, no. It's, I, was like, I, I was like, I was intrigued by it. I, I just wanted to hear more. It's
0: it's bizarre how it works because I've had other um, pancake or breakfast beers before. I mean,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it, it's common enough. Mm. A lot of breweries have them, and they turn out to be pretty good. But this literally just tastes like French toast in glass.
2: Man, that sounds like it's the top of your power rankings for breakfast inspired beer. It's it's
0: really good. I only picked up two bottles of this. I might have to go back and get uh, a whole four pack. But, Paul.
2: Uh, On the bottom, my uh, breakfast uh, flavor, beer flavors would be uh, 21st Amendment toaster pastry.
0: That one's not bad. Uh, This is definitely over it
1: not that great no it's more it's more of a like a toasted amber it's a good beer i like it but it doesn't deliver on the pastry yeah aspect uh right now we have uh from 1911 it's a a fairly local cidery and they have a maple bourbon aged cider that Mm -hmm. tastes like you're having like beautifully buttery pancakes with maple syrup and then somebody cut up like a really nice little tart apple and kind of fanned it out on top of the pancake like it's got these really great levels where like you take that first sip you get that tart apple and then it's just buttery maple pancake finish it's really good
0: that sounds delightful are you are you drinking something as good as that right now
1: uh No, I'd actually rather be drinking that. But I am drinking from Southern Tier Brewery, a local favorite of ours in the past. Uh, this is episode six of six from their Science is the Art Collection. This is Paradox of the Powerful. This is a double IPA, uh, brewed with Simcoe and Citra Hop Dust and Whole Flower Mosaic Hops. Um... These beers from them, um, I've had probably f- five out of the six, maybe four out of the six, uh, have been extremely underwhelming. Um, uh, it honestly, the beers—they're all okay, really. Drinking beers, they're overpriced, but it feels like Southern Tier put up put up all the buzzwords that you could put on a beer up on a wall, and just threw darts for all of these. And then just collected what their darts hit, put it on a can, and then just cranked out the first thing they brewed. Uh, none of them have wowed me. None of them I've been really like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. Um, I Every time I have it, I keep hoping because Southern Tier is one of those breweries that I have a lot of respect for. And I do love their beers. But these were really um, just not a great showing from them. Uh, when a lot of some smaller breweries did the same thing and did a fantastic job with it. And that's my review.
0: Do you think this, uh, what's it called? Science is the art. The art is the science. What was it? Uh,
1: science is the art. Is this just kind of
0: like small batch, like, Oh, we're going to try something different, like limited run kind of thing.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, and actually they're not doing it. Um, next year it was a kind of a one-time thing i don't think they saw the success that they thought uh a lot of the reviews have all been very on the negative side um yeah so i don't think they're doing it again uh i think they threw this out there because they've become very regimented uh you know ipa 2x ipa uh uh paul what's the ipa you like from them uh, new, school. new school and then and then they have the um two x smash and then they do their stout and then they just do their seasonals now mm-hmm. uh as well as their dessert beers, so like there's no room anymore for them to put out something fun, and even these didn't seem like they were something fun the brewery was doing it seemed more like. Take these, Up on the bandwagon. Take, yeah, take these buzzwords and make a beer. And then they just they just did it without any passion to it. Where when they do make beers when they have passion to it. I mean you think back to like um, Summer Sonnet and some of those crazy bottled conditioned beers and some of the fun out of the box thinking they used to do you felt very respectful of like even if it wasn't your thing, you're like, hey, at least they tried something. This doesn't feel like had,
0: that. it had personality. I
1: mean, yeah. it sounds like they're
0: still at least trying to do something, though.
1: I mean, I don't fault them for for that.
3: Uh,
2: they're trying something, but not in not. But it doesn't seem like it's coming out of a uh, like a personal take or anything. It seems more like a corporate or a you know a business a
1: money grab. Like, and they're charging they're charging fifteen dollars for a four pack where a lot of the other people that have been doing this are charging, you know, $4 less, $3 less. And, and they've been, like, tr- listening to the feedback of people and trying to make these beers to what people are interested in, but it still seems like they're not... <coughs> they're they're casing and not creating. <clears throat> yeah. Anywho, that's my feeling of, about this. But I will say this, Samoa This aged, Mwah! A beautiful beer. That's just a beautiful beer. I don't have any of that to age.
0: I I don't have any either because I drink it all since I bought it.
1: I still have a creme brulee or
2: two down in the basement.
1: I have a lot of creme brulee in the cellar. I think it's like two to three years old.
2: Nice. All right. (sighs) So uh, I guess that brings us to the news, guys. Yeah, and uh, A
0: little bit of news for us. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but hey, we're now on Spotify. So if you're just listening to us for the first time on Spotify, hey, thanks for checking us out. It's just another way Ooh. for us to get the show out there uh, versus iTunes.
1: How did that happen?
0: Uh, I put That's us up on, on Spotify.
1: <laughs> One night I was just like, uh, <clears throat> we're not on Spotify.
0: Let me see what I need to do it. And it was really simple. So yeah, just
1: co- that happened. Copy our, our our RSS feed and just put it in there. Pretty much. Cool. cool. Yeah.
3: Networks. That's fun.
1: Inter-slicing. I have that on my phone.
0: A lot of people do. I use it for music. It's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. Uh, what was I thinking about? I, everyone, I, I have a bit of a cold, um, so I'm a little out of it because I'm drinking on cough medicine. Um. Oh, uh, for news that I have, because we didn't talk about news before we started the show, uh, Netflix has announced a live-action Cowboy Bebop uh, series. Uh, The first season is going to have 10 episodes. I forget who the showrunners are, but uh, it is working with uh, the company that, that all of the original workers from cowboy bebop went on to create as a studio and the creator of the series is um working with them as well he's a consultant for the show i really love me some cowboy bebop i liked it um when i was a young man when it was coming out and this year i went back and rewatched all of it and the movie and uh i'd love it i think it's a smart great show I'm interested to see what the live action has, uh, is going to be like Netflix uh, is Netflix has been putting out a lot of anime live action movies. And, um, some of them have been good. Some of them have looked good, but haven't been great.
0: No, I'm, I'm uh, intrigued by no, this actually, because I haven't watched Cowboy Bebop in forever. I know you were just going back and rewatching it. Uh, I think it's cool that the original directors involved and the production company. but uh, It's being written by Chris Yost, who has worked for Marvel before and actually was the screenwriter on Thor: Ragnarok, and I think that can kind of nail the the tone of the show.
2: Yeah. No, then that's Chris Yost or Chris Yost, mm-hmm. uh, depending. Uh, yeah, that's that sounds like a good uh, good head writer. That'd be fun because I know that uh, Netflix like their live action take on um, alchemy uh, full metal alchemist was not well received whatsoever
1: yeah I think that one was it was already made and then they they bought they they picked it up up and put it out wasn't there a live action dragon
0: ball movie that also yeah but that that came out a while ago and that wasn't supposed to be any good
2: and there was a live action Street Fighter starring uh, the girl from Smallville, Kristen uh, Yeah, the legend of Chung oh, Li. Yeah.
0: Oh, I forgot about that movie,
2: yeah. That was that wasn't good. But I guess that's
0: not really anime. That's just I mean they had anime based off of Street Fighter, so can, same same corner of the the Geekosphere. It works. Alright.
2: So which one are you more excited to see on Netflix? The live action uh, Avatar Last Airbender? Or live action Cowboy Bebop.
1: Uh, ooh, that's a tough one, Chris. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna refer I'll to you.
0: Say, I'll just say right off the bat, just pose with a question. Uh, I'll go Cowboy Bebop because I haven't watched in so long. There's less of it to live up to for me.
1: Uh, I would probably go with. I would probably go with Airbender because it's such if to make that world real I think is kind of really what would make me excited the world of cowboy bebop is kind of like blade runnery little futuristic little old west so it's like it, I've seen that in films before but like the bright vibrant uh colors that go with uh airbender I think those are things in the in the uh I'm
2: not muted and like everything's full of fog like M Night Shyamalan gave us, yeah, yeah, and also, yeah. yeah that's why I'm th- more excited about uh, Last Airbender as well because I think the, there's some demons that I, I'm hoping that uh, it will uh, exonerate. Uh, and also, man, Nickelodeon does not care about the uh, Ever- Last Airbender franchise anymore. It, it's like no longer in reruns. I, I I don't think I haven't really like they didn't even. Do the last book of, uh, you know, on on the actually television? He had to watch it all online for Co- Legend of Korra. So hopefully Netflix can support it. Uh,
0: so I, th- I think so. I think there's definitely enough of a audience out there for it that will seek it out on Netflix. Well,
1: what will be nice too. Is you gotta assume with them doing that, you're gonna have Avatar on there. So you probably have Legend of Korra on there too. So you can. I, I think I'm I watched up to the last season. I haven't watched the last season yet. And um I think that would be kind of the the the, the fun is to have be able to sit down and be able to watch us. Paul, I know you own all the DVDs, but <coughs> I don't for for just Avatar. Just a, I don't know any avatar. of the
2: DVDs for Le, uh, Legend of Korra. But uh I owned I bought Legend of Korra on uh iTunes, the first season. And watched it that way as it was airing.
1: Yeah, well you still own it then You can still watch it on iTunes
2: Yeah, I just gotta figure out how to do that again Like I gotta reset my Apple's iTunes password Gotta get those apples Gotta get those it. Apple's that, that, passwords Apple But uh, I watched uh, Just the other day Tried watching She-Ra, the Princess of Power On Netflix It wasn't that good I thought it had an interesting take uh, She-Ra starts off as a cadet Working for Lord Hordak, And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and and then she kind of discovers, you know, what's actually happening, which was an interesting take. I just did not like the look of that
1: at all. At all. Well, it's, like it, it's got that like Steven Universe bubblegummy. Yeah. They did the same thing with the Thundercats look, is that kind of bubblegummy look?
2: Is it called bubblegum
1: or is it? Like, I don't know. I just call it bubblegum because they're like poppy colors and they're all kind of like. They don't have, like, muscular, they just look like they're almost made out of Play-Doh. Yeah, string noodles. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, so I wasn't... Well, well, because I'm thinking World of Gumball? Is that why you're calling it bubblegum? No,
1: it's just the term that came to me when I thought about what they look like. To me, I said bubblegum. No, it
0: made made sense to me. Have have either one of you watched the Power of Grayskull documentary yet? No. No. That's definitely worth it. Check that out.
2: And then I was going to talk, uh, pop on a episode of The Dragon Prince, talking about like. Yes, yeah, I, I still
0: haven't watched that yet. I've heard mixed reviews about it. I've heard uh, it's uh, like the ideas are good, but the actual execution of it is kind of lacking.
1: What's The Dragon Prince?
2: It's from the creators of uh, Last Airbender. It's a Netflix show.
1: I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I think we they have like two seasons.
0: Yeah, I think they have like two seasons of it now.
2: I think it's still the one. I'm not 100%. I don't know.
0: I, it popped up as something that was recommended for me, and I was like, oh, I'll get to it eventually, and just, I haven't. that will be the third podcast that we do, guys.
2: <laughs> there we go. So, uh, <laughs> talking about getting excited for things, Chris.
0: Yes, I'm Chris.
2: Are you, are you near a, uh, a missile launcher button? I am. I am. I'm about to to launch him. How hard you're going to send your guy the boner missile after seeing the trailer for the Lion King?
0: Uh, I'm extremely excited for this. We got our first, well, we as just the general populace got our first look at John Favreau's quote-unquote live-action version of the Lion King. Some of this footage had been shown last year at Disney's D23 event. Um, It was mostly just the trailer plus there was some extent stuff out where it was like the whole opening scene with like Simba's birth of presentation. Uh, but it looks glorious. Everything about it. I loved his jungle book. Uh, he's, he's kneeling. It. it looks fantastic. It was a great surprise for me because I had works on Thanksgiving when this was released from 2 PM. So two in the afternoon until 12 30 AM. And I walked out to my car, I sat down, and I just, I need to take some time for myself before I start to drive, just to find my center again. And I logged into Facebook, and this was all anyone was talking about. So I watched it, and I was like, all right, right, they, they've done it again. Way to go, Disney. Way to go, John Favreau.
1: Uh, the one thing I was thrown off was James Earl Jones back, like, I think it would have been better to have gotten somebody else cuz James Earl no. Jones he also he sounds old he sounds old he sounds what? he sounds old and it just to do that makes you think of the original Lion King where yes this is a adaptation of that maybe grab somebody else with a nice like a nice baritone voice or someone else so you don't think of you obviously you're watching Lion King, but you're not thinking of, oh, I like the animated one better, or I like this better, or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just to do that, and then not bring anyone else's voice back, just seemed kind of silly.
2: You know what? I I can kind of see what you're saying. Like, Beauty and the Beast, the live action and animated, like, I don't mind watching either one of those two. Like, and I could like, sit, I could probably go watching one back to back, and still enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do that with uh, with the Jungle Book. Like, I have no affinity for the original animated one. I just don't. But, you know, watching the Jon Favreau Jungle Book, I'm like, oh, that was pretty entertaining. I, I wouldn't mind watching that again. And I probably would go to watch that one versus the animated one anytime. And I'm feeling like I'm going to be the same way with Lion King. Like, I really don't have much affinity for it. Lion King came out, and I was kind of like... You're too old. It just never
1: hit me. Yeah, I was. I felt like I was a little too old for it when it came out. Yeah, I. I just didn't enjoy it. But watching this, I'm like, you know what? This this might. Uh, I might enjoy this
2: a lot. And James Earl Jones as Mufasa, it just works. Yeah, that's like, yeah.
0: That's where I'm, I'm at because I. I love James Earl Jones as Mufasa, and. I don't fault them for not bringing back. <clears throat> other cast members from it. Um, I like everyone that they do have in the cast now. But as soon as I heard James Earl Jones, I was like, okay, it's Mufasa. It, it feels right. And I, I don't anybody think...
2: checked on, uh, what's his name? The J- J- Jonathan Taylor J- Thomas? Yeah. Anybody <laughs> check on him? Uh, is he okay? Is he alive?
1: <laughs> what's going on? I think he's doing okay. Pretty sure he's still around. He's,
0: yeah, he's looking off remember, that uh, he, he, was actually, on, uh, he was on
1: Smallville remember?
3: No.
0: No, that he was Zachary Ty Bryan, or maybe they both were. I don't know.
2: Is he actually Marilyn Manson? I I think I heard he no, was Marilyn Manson. No, that Marilyn was
0: Paul from, from The Wonder Years.
2: years. Oh. Okay.
0: That was you, Paul.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude looks frequently a lot like Paul from The Wonder Years.
0: We we also did get another trailer coming out from Disney, and this is for Artemis Fowl, and this is based off of a series of young adult novels based around a criminal mastermind who discovers that fantasy creatures like fairies and leprechauns and goblins are real, and then seeks to uh, use their resources uh, to his gain.
3: Uh, It's
0: a book series that people do love and responded to. I actually read the first one after I had finished reading Harry Potter and a series of unfortunate events. Artemis Fall was kind of the next one that I was like, oh, I've heard really good things about this. I I didn't care for it. Um, when I saw this trailer come out, I was like, I forgot that Disney bought the rights to this and they had announced this like a, two or three years ago that they were working on it. I I think this is going to fall more into a Wrinkle in Time territory than it's going to be something like Chronicles of Narnia where people responded to it a little bit more and they had some sort of uh, following for
1: it. I I just watched a Wrinkle in Time today. Didn't it's it's it. on Netflix. I haven't, I haven't
0: watched it yet because I love the books, but nothing about the movie it just wants
1: to pull me in. Uh, watching the movie. Cause I read the book 30 years ago, you know, like <laughs> it was in elementary school and, uh, Watching Save your book review for board Books with Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Coming um, soon from the big Castle five oh one. Watching the movie, I went, I don't remember any I don't remember anything about this book series. Yeah. And I didn't love the movie. Like the- there's nothing wrong. There's nothing the movie's just there. There's nothing great about it, mm-hmm. and there's nothing bad about it. Like it's just there and, you know, it's looks good, but like I don't really, I don't feel for any of the characters or what's going on or anything yeah. like that. Like, there just wasn't anything to it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't think it has enough space to breathe and let you actually explore what's happening. It's just throwing one thing after another at you with really no explanation. Like you're on this weird we're, we're planet. We're here, and these flowers are kind of alive, but they're not, and they can become a pillow. And it's just like. You know, just boom on to the next thing, boom on to the next thing. You're in that dark world that's just full of hate, and you're like, "Well, what's? <clears throat> why is it full of hate?" You're like, "Nothing's really explained." No. And and the answer's love. You know, that's and then you move on.
1: Yeah. And it's like what? Uh, but the trailer does look good for this new movie. Like it looked interesting enough, um, but like the, uh, the evil genius is played by a kid, and it's like okay, let's just hope that kid's got some chops. Like, it, you gotta be a, to really bring these things home, the kid actors have to be really good. You know, you look at, like, the new um, Lemony Snicket. Like, those kid actors do a really good yeah. job. Um, the kid actors in um, The Haunting of uh, uh, Hill House, those, those kid actors were phenomenal in that show. Like, they, they really sucked you into that show, and you just have to make sure that you get a kid that can can act or have some type of screen presence.
2: That's true. Because, like, Sabrina, I think the best kid actor on there is the uh, the main, like, villain who actually works with Sabrina by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? Uh,
0: not Agnes? Uh, uh Prudence. Oh, Prudence. I, I can remember. I, see, I don't consider them kid actors, though. No, they're... I'm pretty sure everyone in that show is in their 20s. Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Jeez. They look so young, Chris. (laughs) I'm so old now. (laughs) I'm like, they're babies. Like, I don't think... They're (laughs) babies!
3: Babies!
0: Secret of the years. Writing
2: that down. Uh, I don't think Sabrina's all that great. Like, as an actress in that. Like... Just kind of stiff all the time. She does have a really good righteous indignation. Like, I thought she, she was good. that off really well. She carries that show. I feel. Yeah, I agree. A lot of times I'm just like, oh, she's just, yeah, kind of flat. And then, then when she becomes just like righteous, I'm like, okay, that's where she is. <laughs> like that's where she, that's where she shines. All right. Any other news? Uh, you guys? Ex- oh, go ahead. You guys excited about something?
1: <laughs> uh, well, just just liking. I was gonna bring up the the death of the SpongeBob creator, so I don't think I'm too excited about that. Oh, but uh, well, at, at what 56, the um the creator of SpongeBob, Chris? Do you have his name written down? Oh, I, I had looked it up, but I closed out the tab. I did the same thing. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Uh, his name was Steven Hillenburg. Mm. And he passed but, yeah. away.
0: Yeah, uh, the other day. I never really got into SpongeBob. It came out right when we were going into high school. So at that point, I was just a little bit.
1: We were about to graduate. From high school, no. It started in 1999. That was yeah. We graduated in 2001, year. though. Yeah, That's sophomore yeah. year. We're still in uh, what ninth sophomore ninth grade, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, but at that point, I wasn't watching cartoons, and it's been going on ever since then. It's just I know it has its following. I never got into it, um, so I really. I've seen episodes of it, but not enough to have any kind
1: of thought on it. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny the fact that it's a a, a cultural phenomenon. You know, you you see it's, it's still an important part of the of people, and you know, you see those instead of instead of seeing those uh, older moms that are a little heavy set wearing Tweety Bird shirts, you now see them wearing the SpongeBob <laughs> shirts. Something, of, so, something about yellow characters. Actually, they probably moved on to the uh, no, they're on the minions. minions. Now. They're on, they're on minions. the uh, minions. Yeah, what is it with yellow? You're what right. is it with big yellow shirts?
2: Crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> they, they, it's the only thing that they sell that fits them. But they still want to be eye catching.
1: So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was mean.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but I think I mean, uh, it, as little relevance to us that it has it does have a big relevance to the the pop culture that we live in
2: yeah dude the guy was only 56 and he created something that is now on the Macy's Day Parade I'm almost there I'm gonna be there soon like that's 50s is right around the corner for me he started the show when he was like our
1: age I know, and I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> nothing. You have a long-running podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've done nothing with my life. <laughs>
3: nothing.
0: Uh, but, I mean, he also was a uh, director on Rocco's Modern Life, too, which I can I can see the connection between Rocco and SpongeBob. There's there's some tissue between those two.
1: Oh, yeah, and even um, Heifer and uh, the the starfish guy. Heifer was his cow friend, who's dumb. I, I don't
3: know. Oh, from Rocco. Uh,
2: Patrick? Yeah, Patrick on the show. Yeah, Patrick on the SpongeBob and the Heifer from Rocco's Mountain Life. Yep. Yeah. No, I think it was. It's been in influential. It's like gotten that like zany over the top. It brought zany over the top cartoons back. Like, John, what's your favorite period of Daffy Duck? Crazy Daffy Duck Crazy Daffy Duck And for a long time we didn't get Crazy
1: Daffy Duck It was just Ego maniac duck like, du- uh, Daffy Duck
2: Yeah exactly And then SpongeBob has brought back to craziness Like just just be wacky Nothing makes sense They're underwater They're going to the beach while underwater
0: Yeah, Yeah One well, of uh, their best friends is a squirrel that lives underwater Sandy Cheeks yeah,
1: <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's a funny name it,
0: because it's
2: it's like a pun on having s- uh, sand on your butt, right? Sandy cheeks
1: makes so, me think of three amigos with dusty bottoms. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you
2: go. Uh, sad to see him go, and he he accomplished so much. Macy's State Parade balloon to uh, go, dude.
0: A blockbuster Broadway musical.
2: Is it really? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Holy. Won a Tony. Holy goodness. <laughs> I didn't lie when I said that. Uh, uh,
1: I think I was eating soup when you talked about it. That's possible.
2: Everybody knows that when you eat soup you can't hear what Paul says. It's it's one of my superpowers.
0: I'm not ready for another beer yet. I'm still going through my French toast. So I don't know if anyone else is ready to jump over to their next one or if we want to head into the next segment yet.
2: I have my beer. What? Well, yeah. And this is a this is from a brewery I've just heard of because I just read it on the can <laughs> even though I had two of these already beforehand. This is a South Bay Brewery from Bayshore, New York. I don't know where Bayshore is. I, I thought that's where Zach went to. That's uh, Bayside. Ah, <laughs> and this is a milkshake style IP New England IPA uh, with vanilla extract and orange zest, and it's 7.3 alcohol by volume. And this is called Fat Orange Cat. And uh, this is uh, this reminds me a lot of the 42 North, uh, you know, uh, milkshake IPA. The the uh, peach one. You know, yeah, the peach one, uh, but this has more of the, like Johnny said, the peach, you know, didn't really bring out the peachiness, it kind of was, it was okay, it just kind of was a malaise. Uh, this has a lot of orange zest to it, and, and I don't get much vanilla, but it's definitely a really nice milkshake IPA, and John, uh, if you come over on Saturday, if you're feeling up to it, he, I have one of each of these beers for you. Hey! Hey! So, you know, there you go. Thank you. So, there's that. There is it's that. It's good. I, I, I think if you see this out on the shelf, this is worth the buy. It wasn't all that expensive
1: from what I remember, Though so I don't really pay it. Paul doesn't pay, attention, pay attention to event. prices, everyone. And they call me the beer snob.
3: Well,
2: when I go out to buy beer, I just go out to buy beer. I, oh, I still look at the nothing. price, though.
3: I still want to
0: know like what I'm putting down versus uh what I'm getting out of it.
2: I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. If it ever rings up like like the eclipse series where it was like almost $50 a bottle. At that point, I'm like, yeah, I should pay attention to the price. But like when it's a four-pack if it's between 15 and eight or 18, I like or 9 or I, I don't know. But
1: uh, I think also in the in the in that I I always bring a lot of really good beer to the table, so you're also just looking for really good beers that you want to bring to the table. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that price tag, sometimes it isn't that, isn't that noticeable. I, I remember the prices because well, I, you, cause you, I you sell the sometimes you get it right off a U-Cart.
2: <laughs> sometimes you, you get it right off a U-Cart, so there actually is no label on it. Because they're like, yeah, we're just bringing it out now. And you're like, well, then, and this is this super fresh. Is, is, and they're like, yeah, we just got it off the truck. Like, we're going to stack it. And I'm like, I'll just take it. You don't need
1: to stack it. I'm good stack it in my hands little man and I took it
2: that was the day that I was thinking about maybe going to uh down to voodoo oh like the Wednesday I bought these the Wednesday before or the Tuesday before Thanksgiving <clears throat> because then I had to because I had to run other errands first and then I'm like ooh it's already like 630 and I'm up in the north towns so I'm not driving all the way down to Erie so I drew to drove up to premier liquor instead and they, they're like, ah, oh, we're just bringing these up.
1: But not to my beer shop right across the street.
2: No, because I also had to do some holiday shopping there, so.
1: You couldn't couldn't do that at my store? What, did you have fat orange cap for this color I do not, no, so. You won that round, McGowan! <laughs> John, do you have
0: uh, another one yet, yeah. or are you
2: still... And John, did I not text you to say, hey, are you working at that beer shop around the corner?
1: I was already yeah, home. And you're like, no, I'm home, and I'm like, okay, then I have no reason to go. Nope. Uh, I, I probably won't be opening another beer. Mm-hmm. I feel a little loopy from my cough medicine and beer that I had, so I'm good. I'm very light. I'll out. probably
0: be opening my, my next one before we get into the main topic. Then just
1: to, I mean, to a Chris, if we'll Chris, if you, wanna, if you want to, if you want to open up a Christmas beer for the main topic, I'll no, do, you're I'll sick. Do it's bad. okay. It's okay.
0: We'll save I them can for when we'll save them for when we're all together. We'll do the Great Lakes and the Southern Tier. Just we'll chill on that baby. We'll chill on that baby.
1: Uh, something that I won't be chilling on—that will be picking up my book for the list that's coming out November twenty-eighth. That's today, guys. It is today. I have to buy my books still. I haven't bought my books either,
2: but I will. I, I've been adding them to my cart.
1: I will be... Oh, go away, Google. <laughs> go away, Google. Google. Uh, I will be picking up from Dark Horse Comics, Hellboy and the BPRD, 1956. This is one of five. This is written by Chris uh, Robertson. Art by Yizan Lee, Mike Norton... Michael Avon Oming Dave Stewart and Art by Dave Johnson uh, and this is uh, Hellboy and the BPRD going over after a Soviet cult leader uh, I always enjoy these books I don't mind giving them a chance especially when there was nothing else that looked appealing to me coming out this week that's my review guys back to you I, John, I am shocked
2: and amazed that you said there was nothing else that looked appealing to you when there is something amazing coming out this week.
1: Yeah, if you like reading garbage.
2: <laughs> guys, guys, remember when I used to read a book called X-Factor? Yeah, remember
0: every time it comes yep. up, you still pick it up. <laughs> and I would say, hey,
2: this is when X-Factor becomes like X-Factor again.
0: Marvel's listen to me. And they're just bringing back the old X-Factor.
2: <laughs> Close close to uh, 400 episodes in they said, hey let's give that guy what he's looking for the original (laughs) X-Factor that's right, this is the X-Factor epic collection, all new, all different X-Factor, it collects uh, the X-Factor back from when I was a real little kid Uh, 1986, I didn't know that's when it was originally published Uh, I was way too young to be reading comics at that time uh number 71 through 83 and the annual number 7 and also brings us incredible hulk uh oh x-factor 86 because that's probably when the series started x-factor but all new all different started a few years after that when i could read yeah, comics
1: yeah I, okay. I i still i still don't think okay. this is what you're looking for paul i, I this isn't the peter david run right
2: this is this is the beginning of the
1: X Factor. This is this is what
2: I read when like, the all new, all different. I think number issue number seventy one was one of the first
1: comics I ever bought. I thought sure. you read the Peter David run where they were in their blue suit. They all had like the matching suits and they're working for the government. They're they're working for the government in this. Are they? Yeah. Okay. That just seems really early. Like eighty, it started. The series. No, I think.
2: I think the series, the title series, X-Factor, started in 86, but issue 71, how many years of comics is that? That's 12 a year, right? So that's more than five years. So we're talking about six years after 86, so we're talking about 92. So that's exactly where I would be. Yeah,
1: 92. That sounds about right. Uh Okay. I, I misheard when when you said...
2: Well, that's, no, no, I went through that whole mental gymnastics and I finally got there. And, and you guys, you're now there.
1: We're now there with you.
2: Yeah, with me. I had to go through the same math. Because it says Incredible Hulk, 1968. But it says numbers 390 through 392. So the numbering started in 1968. See how they, see how they did that? Sure. But here we go. Yeah, this is a Peter David run, uh, with a bunch of different artists. Uh, even Joe Casada does some art. Oh, Ooh, that'll, that'll, I'm, I'm assuming it's go. probably
0: like a pinup or. Oh no! Because at that point he was an actual no, artist. No, no. Yeah,
2: yeah, he was an actual artist back then. So, uh, yeah, for twenty bucks I get to be a little nostalgic and uh, get twelve issues of a comic book series I liked and two issues that I never read before. Sounds. Uh, cool. Why not? Digital?
1: Or are you going to go for the hardback copy? No, I'm going
2: digital. Mm. I'm, I don't
1: actually need this on my show. <laughs> you don't. You don't, don't need, need this p- looking at me. Y- you don't need other ashamed. people making fun of you. What? Uh, what is that X words? Was that X
3: factor? No. I just. other people too.
2: <laughs> I'm hoping the comments for the show for the show notes are all just that. Just like, <laughs> uh,
3: you got some X words there. <laughs>
2: High pitch exports there. That's all I want. That's my one Christmas wish: is somebody to review us on iTunes. And all it says is, "You
1: got some exports there." Almost
2: like Mark
0: Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. The big pink <laughs> lips. big pink lips. Oh gosh, they haunt me. What does
2: that transformer? What does your Transformer 4 Mark Wahlberg love and heart desire coming out Um, this week? I wouldn't say
0: I love that movie, but man, did I watch the hell out of it. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to an anthology (laughs) book coming up from uh, DC Comics. And this is DC Nuclear Winter Special number one. Uh, This is an 80-page comic sitting at $10. No, I know.
2: (laughs) That's a deal. That's a bargain. I'm spending (laughs) 20 bucks on my X-Factor book. It's check out now. It's
0: a lot, but they do say it's uh, 10 all new stories featuring the world's greatest heroes. Uh, they don't have a complete list of the uh, creators that are on it, but it, some of the people that are listed as writers are Paul Dini, Steve Orlando, Phil Hester, Margaret Scott, uh, artists Cully Hamner, Giuseppe Camicoli, uh, Yannick Kett does uh, the cover, maybe something interior, I don't know, it's just listed as artists. I had picked up the Avengers Halloween special back in October for the uh, look back. It was absolutely terrible. I, I struck it from the look back. We didn't even talk about it. Uh, I do think DC does a little bit better job with their anthology books. Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Also, it's a slow month for me. Like I have nothing else for the look back for November, 2018. So at least it's something to read. That's that's a great way of looking at it. You know, I mean, all the other books I'm not buying. Yeah, e- easy to justify that ten dollars.
1: <throat> and something else, we.
0: Well, I'm I'm going to justify
2: that twenty dollars by writing it on the show notes, so that way I'm going to deduct it for my from my taxes as an expense mm. for the ship So. Guess what we're reading for
1: my next trading policy, guys? I assumed oh, it was going to be sorry. that one. Get ready well, for fun. us to shit on your heart again, Paul. Uh, that's what people love. That's what they come to. That's what they come here and expect. Much like a dramatic reading, right, John? That's right. And a dramatic reading from Die, 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 number one, page three, panel one. <coughs> Not cool, guys. And that was a dramatic reading from Die, 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 number one, page three, panel one.
0: And like I said before, I'm going to open up my next beer now that we're about to head into our main topic. And this is the next part of uh, Founders Barrel Age series, and this is their CBS. This is their breakfast out that's been aged in maple bourbon barrels. Um, And I have to say, after having the... French toast. I'm not getting a lot of maple on this. There is a like a hint of it on the on the tongue when I take that first sip, but it's just a very coffee forward beer right now. Um, maybe as I get a little bit further into it, I'll get more of like that maple sweetness because I do really love this beer. Uh, we've talked previously before. I think we prefer CBS over KBS until you start to age the KBS at which point KBS becomes, like, the best. Uh, it's it's not bad, though. 11.6% ABV. Uh, they have cases of it at my beer store. This is definitely something that I look forward to picking up multiple bottles of. Not to age, but just to have as my unwind after a full day of working or playing video games kind of beer.
1: Uh, yeah, in... Um in twelve hours, I sold eleven cases of KBS in a in a day. It's happened. I'm looking forward to like what you think when you
0: crack it open and have it because maybe it's just this bottle, but it's a lot more coffee forward than I remember it being before.
1: Yeah, I mean every t- every time you have it, the batches are going to be different. What the beer pulls from the cask what, you know, the amount of coffee, the style of coffee, the roast, you know, like, every, every, there's always so many little variables, And then they also blend, I believe they blend barrels together to try to keep the, the total flavors Cons- the same. Just consistency. Makes sense. Um So it's always going to be a little different. But it was also, like, up here it was released on a Friday. Founders didn't make a good they didn't do a good job of advertising it. So it was a lot of people they released it on a like the first Friday in November. Nobody knew about it and it was because huh. people were posting that they picked it up that I think people I, came out and drove.
0: I do remember them seeing or I do remember them having stuff on their social media pages about it though. That's why I wasn't surprised when I well, finally saw it out. Well
1: the the problem the problem is too is With, like, KBS and some of those other things, they release it weeks to a month before we get it. They release... uh, At the brewery, they release KBS, like, three weeks before it's released to the masses. So, a lot of people see that going, oh, it's coming soon. But they never really put out a date date where it was going to be out. Because, like up here at Buffalo, we have the Buffalo Beer Geeks, and I actually posted on there to say, hey, this is coming out in three days. And so many people on that thing were like, what? Uh, We didn't even know it was coming out right now. Because the last time it was released was in December. It was like two weeks before Christmas. So it was released early November this year.
0: Uh, They did just put uh, something up to, not just, but a couple hours ago on their Instagram page, where they teased that they're going to be bringing back one of their older limited release stuffs um, soon, too. Uh, They didn't say what it was going to be, but they teased that it could be something like Blushing Monk. Bolt Cutter. uh, Bolt Cutter, which I'm I'm pulling for. uh, Mango Magnifique. uh, I can't remember what the other ones were. But Uh, I, I really want Bolt Cutter, because it's just so different from everything else that they offer bottled right now.
1: Uh they also put up um hey guys, I think we get it. You don't want barrel aged IPAs.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: they said that? They said hey guys. <laughs> hey guys. <clears throat> I'm a winner. Yes. Uh,
1: but no, I'm just used to saying hey guys. Uh, but they did oh. they kind
2: of, So they didn't actually no, say they, that.
1: They did in essence say uh we get it you guys don't want barrel aged IPAs will ah. will do something different next year. Uh because they weren't they weren't a big hit. Uh Rum Rum Runner uh Barrel Runner. Barrel, I like Barrel Runner. Barrel Runner was uh everybody said no like except that. for Chris and Paul. Oh, see, I I really enjoyed that one though. You know, what? I'm still sitting on it.
2: I think it's because of the pirate really the pirate theming of uh World of Warcraft. <laughs> <When it> help. <laughs> It just it just worked for those nights. Like, yeah, barrel runner, right now?
3: Oh well, yeah, yeah, that'll work.
1: I've I've yeah. sold out of two other of their barrel releases and I'm still sitting on Rum Runner or Barrel Runner.
0: Yeah, I mean grab it. It's it's delicious. I love that. They still have some of it at my beer store too. Like
1: Yeah, it's it's everywhere, Chris. So which one So John, but you, which
2: one was worse? Barrel Runner or Lizard, yeah. Yeah. Lizard? I actually, was I, was, I, I haven't go. had Barrel Runner yet.
1: Oh, not really. Get it? I have. I'm. I got some. I'm sitting on it. I just haven't got around to really it. drinking it.
0: Honestly, like if it came down to it, if I had to pick one, I would go Barrel Runner
3: versus. Lizard yeah, Lizardcast.
0: It, it's not bad, but it's just so in line and similar to everything else that Founders puts out as part of their Barrel Age collections. I don't need to have the same beer that they keep putting out, but with blueberry instead of maple or raspberry. Right?
1: All right. It flavor uh, profiles too similar. Power power ranking. KBS. Oh my gosh! The surprise
0: surprise power rankings. I have okay. to, I, I'm, I'm getting out my pen. I'm actually okay. going to write this down, John. Just so you know. Okay.
2: I've been edging for power rankings this episode. <laughs> uh, I, I figured you guys noticed You've
1: been edging for it. You've been holding back your. <laughs> what? what you said? You're edging what? for I've it, been, right?
2: I've been edging. Oh, I thought been, you were like, edging I've... for it.
1: Different different oh. connotation. Uh, all right. I have no idea what you're talking about. KBS. KBS, okay. CBS, Backwoods Bastard, Barrel Runner, DKML, and Lizard of Kaz. Uh Now
0: we're talking fresh, just like I'm going to the store buying it.
1: Yep. If uh, they're on tap in front of you... Which 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 ones would you want? Like they're all fresh. You're okay. you're at the brewery. They're there. What do you want? All right. Uh, I think I am
2: ready. Okay. You you go ahead, Paul. I'm I'm gonna go with number one, CBS. Two, KBS. Three, Barrel Runner. Four, Backwoods Bastard. Five. DKML, 6, Lizard of Cause. Fresh, just <clears throat> right out of the barrel, just, like, drinking it right now. Uh, just because if I sit down at a bar and see all those offerings, backwards <coughs> Bastard is probably a better beer, like, fresh, like, just drink it right now than KBSs, mm-hmm. but I'd still be like, ooh, but it's KBS. You know what see, I mean?
0: See, that's, that's where I'm at because I love Backwoods Bastard. It's one of my favorite beers that they put out. But now that it's available year-round, I'm not going to be as exactly. excited to see it.
2: Yeah, so that's why I dropped down so far on the list. It would be higher on the list if it was as limited of a release as CBS yeah. or KBS. But since it's so available... It falls. But
1: this but but this is the thing is this is this is you're going like you live like Chris did five minutes away from five minutes away from founders. He could get you can get any of these at at any time.
2: time. Yeah, but I'm still gonna gorge the hell out of myself (laughs) on KBS and CBS
1: Sure. When it's available. You know I, I, mean? I I I like, would I'm I, if, I put mine all are available. I put mine in power ranking of how how well I like them and which ones I <laughs> well, like the most. Are you, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay, cuz I have my list too, so go ahead. Uh it would be Backwoods bastard number 1. Uh I think there's more depth of flavor in that beer than than KBS or CBS. KBS and CBS are know. coffee bourbon stout with Backwoods bastard you get like these really great vanilla and caramel notes that really come out from that scotch ale being aged in bourbon barrels so that's my number one it's one of my it's probably one of my top five favorite beers of all time it's on my it's it's there i don't think it could ever get knocked out i then go cbs only because uh of the moment of being at Founders with Chris and having KBS in my hand, and then him going, "This is CBS," and me taking a sip of CBS, going, "Well, that's fucking better." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's KBS, then it's DKML, then it's Lizard of Cause, and Barrel Runner. Real, I haven't, haven't had, had, it, had so it. it has to go at the end. Yeah. Uh. It, it's it's it isn't at the end of your list. It's just yeah. NA. It's, yeah, It's not applicable.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, my list is a little bit different. I put DKML up at the top just because I didn't have as much of that as I had the rest of them, and I kind of want to go back just to have it again. Um, so, like you said, if I just sat down at a bar and they have everything on tap, I'd get DKML just to be like, oh, like I remember enjoying that. Let me, let me get one of those just to see where it places amongst everything else because I've had everything else a lot more recently. Uh, number two, I have barrel runner just because I, I like that tropical pop to it. Uh, and it's so different from everything else. That's kind of on the bottom of the list because everything else on the bottom fits kind of within the same flavor profile, which I then go CBS, then KBS, then Backwoods because Backwoods is available year round. I can just go to my beer store and get that whenever now it's still if I had to list these as like best beers, Backwoods would probably be up at the top. But because I can just go buy it,
2: that well, would be my power. Go-to.
1: It's a power ranking, so it should be the best one first. But no, no,
2: but you, yeah. said, you said power ranking of you sit down and you can drink all these fresh. Well, because you, order
1: you them at guys were like, oh, are they aged or that? So I said they'd be well, not because
0: I, I, so I want to know like because if it was aged, it would change where I put KBS in the in the listing. But if I can sit down at a bar and get backwoods, I can I can go to the beer store and get backwoods. That's why it's down lower. Uh then of causes at the end just just because it's not terrible like there's not a bad pick in the in the list,
3: but yeah.
0: <clears throat> not my go-to.
1: No.
2: And before we get into those uh, the main topic, which is our Marvel movie retrospective, uh, I'm drinking a, a oldie but a goodie, guys. I know we reviewed it on the show before. Uh, this is from New Holland Breweries. Uh, this is Dragon's Milk. It's a bourbon barrel aged stout. We, we just did our uh, contentious... Full list of our power ranking of the uh, Founders Barrel Age Beard. Yeah, and,
0: and people aren't going to hear the side discussion after we had talked about it. Right.
1: Uh, and then, that, and that's up to Producer John. Uh, I may, maybe we'll put it at the end.
2: Yeah, Maybe it'll be at after the, the show. But, um, he's, he's feeling, he has a cold, so, uh, you know, don't do extra work, man. It's okay. People don't pay for this. This is free. Uh, this is Dragon's Milk, and uh, this is a solid barrel-aged beer. Uh, this was bottled back on in April, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when it was bottled. You're going to enjoy it. Pop, top, Pour it out, and then uh, it just goes to the town, man. It's, it's good. It's a great sipper. It has that vanilla, woody barrel-agedness right off the top, and then it kind of just mellows out and just, like... It soothes you. It lulls you into that that nice beer buzz that you're looking for. You know, if you've already had two decent IPAs and nothing for dinner, so <laughs> you know, you can just ramble on with your friends online on a podcast.
0: That's what we do.
1: That's some sort of thing more cast perfectly. All right. No, that barrel aged power ranking again. No. Again, another one. No. We got to no. Be- John, you, no. get one. Paul, you get one. Paul, you've power been edging. <laughs> you've been edging. I'm letting you erupt. Towards it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been edging towards it. But you know what you don't do, John? You don't do two. I think you can do two. Remember, remember that cartoon episode we did and I did, like, three? That's <clears> true. <throat> another power ranking. You're saying barrel-aged. Barrel-aged. Aged. And you can add any. I So I've got dra- I got dragon's oh. milk. Backwoods Bastard. I'm going to go CBS because it was a front runner for most of our barrel-age beers. Or do you want Barrel Room Collection from Voodoo. Yeah, that's on there. That's. That's, that's like your number one.
2: Whatever. That's my number one through number. How many have they done? Uh. 12. 16. How many have we had? Uh. Except for the, the, uh, apple, the apple
1: brandies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, mother of all storms. Sorry for swearing. And is there? It's been forever. That's that's yeah, but that's the beer. That that's the beer age. that told us that we liked barrel aged beers. Mm-hmm. That was from Pelican Pelican Bay. Uh, any other barrel aged beers you guys would throw on there?
0: See, this is this is too big, and some of them I haven't had in a while, so I
1: I'm recusing yeah. myself. Alright, All right, fine. Voodoo we need, we Voodoo Brewery Voodoo Brewery's the winner no matter what. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay it's with
2: that. The, the <clears throat> big bad chocolate cherry voodoo daddy and maybe the uh the man bear pig is probably my number one. Yeah. I think and then that cherry variant of big black voodoo daddy. Just I mean, just uh,
1: Buffalo daddy. Trace Big Black Voodoo Daddy. Yeah. Come on. The Pappy the pap- Van Winkle. I, I oh, liked the, 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 the Apple Papi Brandy Van one ben the first said. year that we had it, though. The Apple Brandy Stout was good. The Apple Brandy Belgian Quad was not. But, Paul, remember, we had the Apple Quad aged for three years in the barrel, and it was delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Took three, <laughs>
3: took,
2: took three years.
3: It
1: took, <laughs> three, <laughs> it took years. three years. It took, it took three years. Took-, it took three years just to taste like Apple Brandy, and it was good. This is it's good. Uh, but that'll get us into...
2: Ah, Real Pumpkin is good. And that's part of their barrel-age collection even though it's not released. It's a specialty release and you can actually get it. From Voodoo, it, it's a barley wine
1: aged with... aged in bourbon barrels with... with pumpkin. actual it's pumpkin. We've had it. It's, it's really good. Uh, but that'll get us into our main topic. Yeah.
2: That gets us. Yeah, that will.
1: That that was a. Um, No, and like I said, up at the front of the show, that was a segue. Wait, said it was such sustain, you prick. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're heading into
0: our main topic now, and this is the seventh part of the Great Marvel Movie Retrospective, where we take a look back at all of the Marvel movies that we've had thus far, and where they stand, not just as their own movie, but how they way into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, And Grant, congratulations everyone. We've made it through Phase 1 with Avengers last time, and we're now into Phase 2 with Iron Man number 3, directed by Shane Black, Uh, featuring everyone that you love from Iron Man 2 coming back again, uh, plus some newcomers. And I have to say, after going back and re-watching this... uh, this movie doesn't need to exist it really doesn't add too much to the mythology of the cinematic universe and while it's great to see robert downey jr come back as tony stark and then there's the supporting cast there to get more stories in this small corner of the mcu this movie doesn't really add anything else to the cinematic universe
2: Now imagine if they actually followed through with the original plan for this movie which was, this was going to be the last time we really saw Tony, uh, Robert J.
0: Jr. as Iron Man. Then it would have some weight, but that's not what happened. And as such, we get a story about well, is Tony Stark Iron Man? Or is Tony Stark Tony Stark and he just has these suits? Uh, Because if the big crux of this movie is after the fallout from the battle of New York, Tony Stark is suffering from PTSD and going through the, well, am I Iron Man or am I Tony Stark? And this movie answers that question. But then the next time we see Tony Stark, it's like, no, nope, no nope, guys, I'm Iron Man. Like I got all these cool suits. Look at me. Yep. Look at me go. Uh, if this movie didn't happen, there wouldn't have been any kind of fallout. Like, we wouldn't have missed out on anything.
3: Right.
2: I, I can see what you're saying, Chris, and I kind of agree. Like, in the grand scheme of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, does this movie actually play a big part? Does it actually touch upon anything? Does it inform us of who Tony Stark
1: is in Civil War?
3: Eh,
0: not really.
1: But is it a fun movie?
0: Oh, Yeah. Hell, it's, it's a really fun movie and that's kind of where the, the, the dichotomy of this movie is because is it a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe no is it a great Iron Man movie yeah Like it's a lot of fun
3: I
2: think you know what now that I actually said the, that actual sentence out loud does it actually inform us where he ends up in Civil War it actually kind of does. With him suffering from PTSD, he's just trying to get away from
1: from it. You know, he's just trying to watch well, his it, hands. it's it's uh, for Age of Ultron. Yeah, the, it plays a big part because he's made the drones. Having those drone Iron Men are keeping him away from having to be Iron Man.
0: But he's but he's not because we leave this movie off where he's getting. His um, like the arc reactor removed from his chest. He's blown up all of the Iron Man suit. Spoilers if you haven't seen this movie. By the way, he's leaving Iron Man behind. But then, as soon as you get to see him for the first time in the upcoming, I was thinking the Age same. Ultron.
1: I was thinking the same he's, thing. He's just he's flying back in the costume. Yeah, he's back in the costume, and they're uh, they're going after the um, the uh, the, scepter the scepter and stuff, and uh, going after yeah. the Hydra. If this movie, uh, if this movie it's, it's, hadn't it's happened, happened that in... it, you, okay. I
0: mean, yes, we get some character moments with Tony Stark going through that, like, well, who am I at this point and suffering from it? But at the end of the day, he makes his statement like, no, I'm Tony Stark. I'm giving all this up. But then the very next time we see him, he's flying around having a lot of fun as Iron Man. They don't even talk about how like Pepper Pops had superpowers. Right, right, with it. it. It's... Uh, this,
2: this but aren't we comic book fans? Don't we get this a lot <laughs> in that, like... Oh, so the writer is now finished up with that storyline. We bring in a new le- writer to write one issue. And it's kind of the palette cleanser. Oh, new story arc starting this new writing uh, creative team. And they kind of skip over that palette cleanser
0: kind of... Yeah, but yeah. we have... like We take umbrage to it that one that like happens, that, right? too. And... Yeah, I feel
1: and like I the think, cinematic
0: universe is old.
1: Sometimes those issues are the most fun issues. And though. I think, too, there was a, 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 a groan from people with Iron Man 2 where it was like, well, you're setting up the Avengers, and then it didn't happen, and then it happened. We just want an Iron Man movie, <laughs> and this was just an Iron Man movie. It was separate from those things. So I think you had... You have a weird dichotomy where it's like, yes, it's in this world where everything's connected, but also they've also told us not to have that so connected. And then we've, they finally, after this, after this, it really took what, Captain America Civil War to really have, we're going to mix characters in together, you know, that Avengers 2.0. Because this is still
0: well, no because
1: I would say Avengers: Age of
0: Ultron did that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the, well, it's, it's an Avengers movie, movie where they're all all together. Memory. I'm saying outside of that, outside of that, you didn't have other people showing up unless it was in the teaser. Oh. You know, Iron Man was a prominent character in Winter Soldier. You know that was a that was a big thing.
2: Yeah, Thor the, Thor, the Dark World stands alone or not. Captain America, Winter Soldier, kind of stands uh, alone. Civil
1: War. I meant Civil War when I said Winter Soldier. It was, like, right there where they really learned how to tweak things. You know, they kind of, like, mixing the universe. But you
2: know what? But then you go uh, past Civil War, and you got Doctor Strange. Origin story, kind of stands
1: alone. Guards of the Galaxy, Volume 1 well, and
2: 2. They all stand uh,
1: alone. Iron Man, like, at the end of this movie was supposed to be rocketing off to space and was going to have a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, really? and that got scrapped because Robert Downey Jr hadn't signed on for any more movies, so he wasn't signed on to do a cameo.
2: Which is probably better.
1: Yeah, it would have thrown off it would have thrown off the rhythm of that movie. Of, of Guardians, Guardians right? Like it but
0: at that point, would it have been in the actual movie or would it have been like the post-credits? Because if it's a post-credits thing, that's, that's fine. Like, we've become accustomed to that. Like, we've come to expect it. We look forward to it, even.
1: Yeah. Yes and no. Like, I think we boo when it's just Thanos sitting... No, everyone lost
0: their shit over that.
1: You boo about it now... It- when you're like, oh, I, <laughs> why did I watch all the way to the end of the DVD again?
2: I saw it. No, all no, know. I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Avengers three, Avengers Infinity War. When everybody's like, why are we watching him? Like he's taking, he's just sitting down. Like everybody booed in the theater when I, when we watch that because nobody likes Thanos. He's a bad guy. They
0: booed in your theater. Yeah, that. Yeah. And I don't think it was them booing Thanos. I think it was them booing the fact that it's like, oh, he won. and
1: Everybody died? <laughs> well, I mean, even the Russos well. came
0: out and said, like, no, Infinity War is Thanos' hero's journey. Like, you're watching him as the main character trying to accomplish his life's goal, and then at the <clears> end, <throat> end, he does it. Like, that's his hero's journey, and he he wins. I don't think nobody in my theater booed.
1: Yeah, nobody in my theater booed. And then we went and saw it together. I saw it with my dad alone the second time. And
2: people booed. And I, I'm like, okay, I got, I understand the booing. Because it's... Thanos is the heel. Like, from to uh, grab a wrestling yeah. term. Like, he's... Yeah, the heel wins sometimes in wrestling. But that doesn't mean people... Not everybody will cheer. Some people will boo when the heel wins. And guess what? People booed.
0: Oh, but Iron Man you know, 3. Three. Yeah.
2: 3. Hey, a kid actor that I didn't absolutely well, hate. I,
0: I, I don't have his name in front of me because you're talking about the little kid that Tony meets when he's in Tennessee. On the case about what's he's happening with the, uh, the soldiers that are, later we find out... Uh, Infected or bestowed with the extremist powers. Uh, no, that little kid is actually a brighter part of this movie because it brings in a lot of fun. But at the same time, like, this movie is kind of just all over the place.
1: Uh, Haley Kenner uh, was the character's name. He His name is Ty uh, Simpkin. Uh, he was gray in um, Jurassic World. He was insidious uh the nice guys that's uh that's pretty much it
2: so he's been an iron
1: man 3. yeah uh, i saw, no i
0: i definitely recognize him now as the other kid from jurassic world
2: and he holds up tony Stark with a potato launcher it's 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 great like he's a he's like you know one of those kids that you know kind of built stuff out of p v c pipe and you know. Glue and whatever he can get his hands on, I enjoy that, and I enjoy Tony Stark going back and be like discovering his roots as a mechanic. It's like, no, after everything's said and done, all I do is build stuff. Like I get things to work, and I love that he goes to Home Depot and just buys like an of glove and like it, and he turns it into a uh, a taser gun. Taser.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's. Like those are the moments that I really enjoy from this movie and I'm like this is a lot of fun. It's it breaks a character down without breaking you. You know how sometimes when they try to break a character it just like becomes a slog? This is like no, it's like you're there and you kind of have fun with it. And yeah, there's some stupid jokes about, you know, getting hit in the crotch by a high speed Iron Man suit piece. And then getting hit in the face all the time, and
1: you know he. Well, this is written and directed by the guy that wrote the line Wolf mad has got nards." Right,
2: Shane Black. So you know it does have that, but then I think it has a good, it has a couple of good twists in it. You know, where uh, the Mandarin isn't. Really yes,
0: because let's let's talk about the Mandarin, aka uh, Trevor Slattery, played by. Is it Sir Ben Kingsley? It is Sir
1: Ben Ben
0: Kingsley. Oh, crap, guys. I forgot for the the We Can Geek rewind. Uh, Tom Hardy is now Sir Tom Hardy. Oh, really? Yeah, he he was knighted.
2: Did he have to pay money? I don't know how that works. Is it it something where you just pay money to the queen? Like, that's how she gets money now? Because she can't
0: tax anybody? I'm just assuming she she was a big fan of Bane. (laughs) Uh but uh oh, okay I uh can break your bank. But yeah I do not I d I don't I don't understand. But okay, yeah, so uh Sir Ben Kingsley. Also one of the brightest spots in this movie, and it comes from the back end where it's they're painting the Mandarin as just this overwhelming, looming threat. Even going back to Iron Man One, where you have the ten rings of yeah, the yeah. Mandarin. And now we're finally seeing who the Mandarin is. But it turns out no, he's just a passy. He's being set up to take the fall. Uh, a lot of fun though, but at the end of the day, does it matter? No, unless you watch the uh Hill <laughs> to the King Marvel mini movie, or One Shot, as they were called, where you see him in prison then. And
2: that no longer wish longest,
0: is. And I wish they would bring those back. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones where you see him being like treated like a rock star in prison, but then the actual 10 rings of the Mandarin
1: taking him out, trying to take him out. Don't they? No. Does he get shot? No. His like assistant comes in and stops him.
0: Gosh. Okay. I need to go back and rewatch it. Uh, We'll we'll talk about that after we wrap up everything else. Uh, A lot of people were put off by that bait and switch. I... I really liked it. it. I had a lot of fun with it. I don't know how else to
1: say it. Uh, I did too. I thought it was a great twist. Uh, but I can understand where people who are die-hard Iron Man fans, and with that, his arch enemy is the Mandarin. Like it was always that science versus technology between those two. So I can understand where people got mad. I'm not an Iron Man fan, but yeah. I and I thought it was a great twist. Yeah, it's not. It's not magic. Magic didn't exist in the Marvel universe then. Like it just made sense, and it was a great twist. And Ben Kingsley can play that looming. Uh, this is what you get, Mister President. To. oh he passes out he's watching west ham (laughs) it's my soccer team Mm -hmm. uh but he but he passes Mm -hmm. out and then he wakes up and he's holding a beer in his hand and his first thing he does when he wakes up is take a squig of his beer like he's just like a degenerate junkie and even says like oh uh they found me you know i had a bit of a drug problem and they and tony stark trying to end his sentence, got you off drugs? No, they gave me more drugs. Like, (laughs) like it just was, uh, it's just a fun, it's so fun, it's fun. It is fun. And I, I think as an Iron Man
0: sequel, this movie's great. But when you look at it in the scope of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it just doesn't live up to everything else that's come before it and then come after. And, Marvel's kind of fallen into the same now where they use the Ant-Man movies almost as palate cleansers after the big, big fallout from stuff like uh, mm-hmm. Age of Ultron and then Infinity War. Like after both of those movies, we got Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp, respectively. And I think it works because those movies operate on a smaller scale because
3: oh, you see, oh, I see you pun.
0: There. a little bit of a pun there but also because Ant-Man's been kind of removed from that set, like he's still present in the Marvel Universe as we'll see in like five more uh, episodes of this he does his own thing though and it's, it's a palate cleanser having Iron Man be such a frontrunner in the Marvel Cinematic Universe he launched the whole damn thing go back to part one of the great Marvel movie retrospective this just kind of falls flat on the fallout though. I think yes he, he has, he has the flashbacks. Like you see him dealing with it, but the resolution that comes out of it just gets wiped away with the next time that you see Iron Man or something like if this, if this movie did not exist and we pick up with Tony Stark as Iron Man in Avengers age of Ultron, which is part 11. Look forward to that one coming out. You know, whenever, you wouldn't have missed this movie. Nothing happens in here that changes where we wind up in his next appearance
1: or even where we are now with
0: Infinity War.
1: Well, Infinity War, I got confused when he goes, is it about this and touches the light source on his chest? And I was like, hey, didn't he get rid of that? Why does he do that? And then we found like,
0: out he gets, it was the nano... He, He gets rid of it, but then in Avengers Age of Ultron, he still has a thing in his chest.
2: Yeah, that's weird. Well, also, behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, Iron Man 3 is one of the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movies to be released in China, hence why that whole scene exists, where he meets the Chinese Doctor who is a big Chinese actor, in China, and, and he plays a much bigger role. Remember how this had two different releases? It had the American release, which we saw, and then there's that Chinese cut, where that actor, uh, uh, you know, where he meets at the party, and he shakes his hand, plays a much bigger role, uh, where he's, he does the surgery, and he basically
1: saves... Yeah, because he like, mentions that he's a heart doctor. Like,
3: yeah,
2: and then the Chinese cut that doctor that actor has a much bigger role, and he actually you know does a lot more than what we see in the American cut. And I don't know if that's ever been released here in the states. And this is one of the first movies to be released in China, you know, a, a full release like opening <clears> day, <throat> all that, not just like eight months later, and then it ends up in a couple of Chinese theaters. It's had a full. Chinese premiere and I, I don't know where, where, where you want to go with that like whether or not like that special cut plays in more or and we kind of lose it here in the American cut it's it's all I know is when we were talking about uh, the the uh, folding of the time uh, wrinkle and wrinkle and wrinkle in time yeah right yeah how I said I kind of wanted that movie to breathe a little bit more, have a little bit more space that's this movie that's this movie and it's the breathing it's letting it have a little space having a little bit
0: more character moments
2: uh, for, you know in
0: the cinematic um, and, the,
3: so I enjoyed and
0: that's it. what makes it so hard because I don't want it to sound like I'm being really negative about this movie because those character move, uh, moments are what really move this movie forward like, for me I love seeing Don Cheadle as Rhodes. All the stuff with him as like Iron Patriot are fantastic. Like Seeing him and Tony run around that shipping freighter at the end of the movie before they do like, the, oh, we're jumping into all the different Iron Man suits. That's fantastic.
2: Not we. Just,
0: just Robert <laughs> just Jr. Because Rhodes sees him and like, oh, you called one for me? But then you get Rhodes like shooting his gun to like shoot out the the lights and stuff. Light. It's like, nobody we can make that shot. And then like Road just does
1: it. It's a lot of fun. Uh the Happy Hogan stuff too. Badge. Badge. <laughs> and then when they show him the guy's in a coma for oh, when they the show movie. him back in the nineties and he's dressed like John he's got Travolta. The mullet. <laughs> he's dressed like John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Like I didn't yeah. realize that. But yes. And uh and the and the fact that like they put him on um he, Tony Stark has Downton Abbey just playing in the background for him. Yeah. It's his favorite show. And it's like uh it's all that he stuff that's good. fun t- it's fun too. Yeah. Uh and even we, S- even
0: we didn't even talk about uh Guy Pierce as Aldrich Killian too, as like the main the real main villain of He this. was
2: really good. Yeah,
0: Guy Pierce is great in this. Yeah. I like Guy uh, Pierce. Yeah, just from the, the beginning, where you see him as like the worm, you're like oh, look, up hey, whoa, 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 my t-shirt. To where you see him at the end, it's all, it's all interesting in the Iron Man movies. Like if we had just Iron Man three, no other Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would probably love this movie. I love it as it is, anyways. But it's so hard to look at this in that bigger perspective for me.
1: Uh, guy Pierce has a movie called uh, Lockout, which is basically Escape from New York, but at a on a prison, a prison planet like in outer space, like a space station, and he has to go save like the president's daughter from there. He is fantastic as like a wise cracking action star, and then yeah, he plays this nerdy Weasley guy. He plays this over the top villain. Uh, he's great. I mean, even you think about like Memento, which is the yeah. first time I really ever took notice of Guy Pearce. He was great in that. Like, uh, and then, um, who does he play in? He's, he's a, the main guy. He's the main guy. Wait, he's
2: Stanley Kowalski he, from due South. Isn't that, he's Leonard. I don't remember the
0: guy's name. Yeah. Lenny. He's Lenny. Leonard.
2: Yeah.
1: Due South.
2: Yeah, the, te- the old television show about a Canadian Mountie who has come down to Canada to investigate his father's uh, murder, but has for some uh, un- unexplained reasons why he won't get into now has stayed on <laughs> as a consulate.
1: Yeah, I, the, uh, I know the show. I as, saw that actor perform yeah. Uh, Hamlet. Oh. Yeah, but is that guy... No, that, that guy That's is not Stanley in Kowalski. Memento.
2: No, Stan... The guy that plays Stanley Kowalski. In that show,
1: Sammy Jenkins. What is your question? There's no but. There's no interlapping of Memento. Anybody who stars in Memento and the show Due South. Okay. No, the I'm just that plays the main character in Memento was the same character that was no one's guy Pierce that... and one is another man. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I I had nowhere to take this because I haven't seen Due South since it was on TV.
1: So Paul Gross played Constable Benton Frazier.
3: Right.
1: I'm not worried about him. Uh, Bo Starr, who was Lieutenant Harding Walsh, who was his partner? Or was it Ray uh, Vecchio?
2: Ray Vecchio. Okay,
1: Yeah. yeah. That guy uh was in due south. And let's hear uh oh yeah, in due south.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh anything else he was in, he was a bit actor. Does that does that sum it up for you? Check my Facebook message <laughs> to you guys earlier. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, uh, you,
2: that
0: you drank too much? I, Got I won't go back. You sound like a
3: dick. Yeah. I didn't even see that one. <laughs> yeah. um, he
1: was dicky
0: to me I, uh, first, Caitlin. It's it's hard for me to put this movie in in the rankings for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I like it as an Iron Man movie, but when I compare it to everything else, it's, it's very
1: middling. Uh, I would put this in the middle. And... I would put it over. I think a lot of the Marvel movies. You know, there's definitely those ones that really stand out. But like I look at this as like, would I how okay. in what order would I want to watch this again? Um,
0: so, John, I have the the list opened up.
3: Yeah,
1: I got For it. For your
0: your list, you have Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man two, and then Hulk, Incredible Hulk. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I'm on the fence of do I put this below, above or below Thor, which is right in the middle. And did I'll probably have away? my decision by, by the end of the episode. He might be. Paul, did you step away? Okay. No, no, I'm here. Uh, you've already filled in your list,
0: so.
2: Yes, yes. So I go Iron Man, Captain America, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk. We were talking about Memento, and I thought the guy that played Stanley Kowalski in seasons three and four of Due South was that guy, same guy actor, but it's not. So that's that's drunk Paul Lodick. <coughs> that's, that's coming out, so I'm sorry about that. But if you look at the guy... No, uh, Guy Pierce in a Memento and Stanley Kowalski in season three. <laughs> uh, it's
0: a very specific time. I frame. Get there.
2: <laughs> you, you, well, and Do South, the guy that plays Stan,
0: uh, that plays Raven. This isn't know. the Do South retrospective. That'll be the fourth <laughs> podcast. Fall uh, for me, <coughs> it, it's a middling Marvel movie. Uh, when it comes to my list, I have Avengers, Iron Man two, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and then Incredible Hulk. I would put this just above uh, Incredible Hulk mm. in the Marvel movie retrospective. In Iron Man movies, I would probably put this right in the middle. Like this would be like Iron Man, then Iron Man Three, then Iron Man Two. But for what it brings to the universe, okay. if this movie didn't exist, I wouldn't miss it.
2: Can I guess? Yes, this, Chris? you can. Do you have more fun watching Iron Man three than you have fun uh, than you have fun watching
0: Iron Man two? Um,
2: uh, <coughs> I'm not sure if I can actually ask that question because I had Iron no. It's, Man it's 2. okay.
0: Um, Iron Man two is so high on my list because of where it fits into the cinematic universe, and this movie just mm-hmm. if it was an offshoot, it doesn't fit. It, it would be great. Like I, I like this movie a lot. Like I had a lot of fun going back and rewatching it. But in my re-watching it, I'm like, this this movie doesn't matter. There's no stakes because I know everything that they decide at the end of it just gets wiped clean and they hope you don't notice it because you're watching an Avengers movie and there's like all this other stuff going on, but it's such a big departure from the character like at the end of this movie <clears throat> to where he is in Avengers that John didn't even notice it until Infinity War. Like, 11 movies later when he's like, oh, this? Yeah, don't
1: worry about this. Nanotech. Yeah, but I was like, my thought was, I thought he got rid of that. Like, (laughs) um. But then you've had two other
0: Marvel movies in the meantime. Okay. Well, the thing is also,
2: let's say you cut a hole in your wall, right? Now you have a hole in your wall. You got to patch it with something.
1: Yeah, I think the extremis,
2: you put some. I think the extremists was there. supposed
1: to heal that up. That was the whole like, thing with Extremis.
2: No, it's because this Chinese the Chinese guy Chinese that, that does the
1: operation he, he takes, takes out, out the, piece. the he uh, still had shrapnel. to take out the shrapnel so everything could heal oh, oh, right. with the Extremis. Uh,
0: also when he
1: finally gets it taken out
0: it's just really like, oh, I've been meaning to get around to this. I didn't. And they just like some dude just does it for him.
1: But, Chris, like, in, in Iron well, Man. No, no. It's a- in Iron Man 2, aside from War Machine being created, what is the positive thing for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? They talk about the Avengers, but then after that movie, the Avengers is thought of as dead. Like, we didn't think we were getting an Avengers movie. Nobody thought that. We did, because they said they were like, oh, the Iron Man and Thor are coming out, but there's no, we're not thinking about doing an Avengers movie. That's why the Avengers initiative was, he said, I thought I didn't qualify. Like, I don't, like, aside from bringing up the Avengers, what does 2 bring to the table?
0: No, 2, it solidifies the Avengers in place. just, we have Black Widow coming out. That's the first time you get to see Natasha Romanoff. You get uh, Mr. Samuel L. Jackson coming back as Nick Fury. You get more Tony Stark as Iron Man, which is great. We finally get War Machine coming into it. Iron Man 2 brought in a lot of the threads that you do see later on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they don't... Iron Man 2 is basically Avengers. And they don't say, like, oh, we're not going to have an Avengers movie. They say, like, oh, well, no, he's too much of a megalomaniac to be part of a team. They don't say like, "Oh, there's not going to be an Avengers movie." They say like, "Oh, he's not recommended to be part of a team."
1: I think you're a madman for having Iron Man 2 as your the number 2 movie. No,
0: I, I like I said before, go back and listen to that episode. No, I, know, Iron, I know. Iron Man 2 brings so much <laughs> into the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Uh you could <clears throat> you can put Iron that Man That's really where they
0: start weaving together like, "Okay, like we're going forward with this. It's not just going to be like mm-hmm. Avengers, and then we're going to do a Hulk movie. Like, we're going to be telling a through line.
2: John, remember when you got upset with <laughs> us for our power <laughs> on the uh, KBS,
1: CBS? How uh, we were like, no, you asked us like if we were set. I know, I know, I understand now, Chris's. I understand Chris's. Drink. His, I understand his logic. It was
0: a question like, that you just wanted to ask. Yes. I understand it. I'm not mad at you.
1: Yeah, I just like, I just, it's, it's crazy to me. Uh, you can put Iron Man three no. under Captain. I no, I understand, and I'm it, I'm I'm. It, it's medicine, hard because beer, I.
0: Beer. No, no worries. You don't have to defend yourself. I'm just, this movie doesn't bring a lot to the universe, but it's a lot of fun.
1: It's a great. If, I, if, if we were doing
0: a listing of just like hey movies we had the most fun with in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this would be right up at the top, like probably behind the Guardians movies.
1: I, and I think. That's
2: what I was trying to yeah. ask you Chris when I said okay if you if if you were just going to rate it as an Iron Man Oh yeah it, it's and, great.
1: I think I think <laughs> is it
2: more than 2 or is it less than Oh two? no I I, as I, I as said before movie. like
0: in Iron Man movies it would be Iron Man Iron Man 3 then Iron Man 2. But okay. if I have to
3: yeah.
0: if I'm yeah. looking at it through the all right as a whole story where does this one fit in? Iron Man 3 is just not not great in
1: the I think it is sequence of storytelling. It, it is building for for Tony Stark, because you do have that moment in Spider-Man where if you're I'm nothing without that suit. If that's true, you don't deserve the suit. Like that's a moment that Tony Stark got in this movie.
0: Okay, but then not to bring it up again, but Avengers Age of Ultron, you see him just flying around in the suit having fun with his friends.
1: Yeah. I, but that's but the thing.
2: But he's also the, but, in age of Ultron, he's constantly looking looking for a way out of getting that suit. of getting out of needing to be in that suit. Like that's the whole premise of him like creating Ultron. It's like
1: when if we didn't great, have to do this.
2: Didn't need to do this anymore? If I didn't need to be an Iron Man?
0: Like But the, but He goes back to being Iron Man, so it completely Right. We we don't we sense. don't start the movie with Ultron fighting against the forces of Hydra. We get Iron Man and the Avengers.
2: Well, because he's like, this is the last
0: gig. Like we No, the la- the after- last gig was in Iron Man 3. When he blows up all of his suits. That's what hurts this movie for me. Uh, okay. I I, I completely <laughs> agree with that, you. That that's the thing, like,
2: like I understand this movie what you're
0: yeah. just completely undercuts what it does because we see him again. I, I agree
1: but it does give threads throughout the rest of the universe it does have threads from this movie that go out into the other movies but then there's a lot of thre- yeah there's oh, there's always going to be threads that die i mean uh, there's you can say that about all the all of the marvel movies there's things that they set up that don't that don't get fulfilled
2: Mostly those are girlfriends of the movie that just don't sign up for a contract to do another movie.
1: But I would do, my, my list would be Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America. Actually, I think it would be Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Captain America. Wow. No, that's okay. Because I did have I did have fun this last time I watched Captain America. Mm-hmm. But I still wouldn't go I would probably go back and watch this Iron Man before. But I mean when we start adding some more movies in all of those everything under yeah, yeah. Avengers cool. and Iron Man are all gonna, gonna go down. Shifted. That's and that's why we're doing this. Yeah. It's...
2: Guys, get ready for a very ha- Heavy Captain America.
0: <laughs> no, I think everyone's. But uh, everyone because just say so you no. Know, heads up, part eight will be Thor: The Dark World. So, oh. so start thinking now. Uh, but that's why we do this.
2: That was on. That was on while we were on a plane coming down to visit you, Chris. <laughs> I turned it on for like three seconds. And was like nope.
3: Ugh.
2: I got nothing better to do. I will do anything else. I
1: don't. I care will stand here, is. look at the back of the chair, and sleep. rub my hands on <laughs> my thighs in nervous anticipation of landing. Yep. That's
2: because I hate flying. I'm like, I will sit here with my grief and my insecurities and my willingness to die, versus watching
0: story. Of the Tar- but that's part of the fun of going back and doing this, getting to talk about these movies again that we might not have watched or talked about since they came out. Back in 2013, like Iron Man 3.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, how do you
0: say 2013? 2013. I think that's how I said it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, 14 Uh, was something different that you came up with, Paul. It was 14.
0: It's 14! There you go. But look forward to the next time when we talk about Thor The Dark World. And we look forward to hearing from you. Comment on this episode over on the show notes page at bagonboard.com. Or rate and review us over on iTunes or Spotify. I don't know if you can rate and review stuff on there. Maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I might grab another beer. You know what? I'm going to grab... Well, nobody can hear me.